Your Steve Jones Show podcast will start shortly. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Brewers Outlet, your beverage supermarket on Reagan Street in Sunbury. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Imports, domestics, microbrews. Best selection of beer anywhere. Maybe you like wine coolers, water, soft drinks, snacks. They roast their peanuts fresh and hot every day. And the pickle bar, led by the barrels and the dills, even though Buner does prefer garlic. Indeed, second to none. This is one-stop tailgate shopping. Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. They have everything you need for a whiteout. And... We're in the Sunbury Motors studio. Best in the business. Best product, best sales staff, best service department. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Play-by-play call of the day. Denver cannot get it done against the Chiefs in every facet, including on offense. Philip Lindsay back in the lineup while Janovich sprints to the near side, the former Nebraska Cornhusker. The throw is Flacco. Again being pressured, he's hit. The ball's out. The ball is picked up by Raglan. Touchdown, Kansas City. The Chiefs get another sack from Hitchens and a pickup by Raglan. The defense picks up the team after the injury to Mahomes and gets a defensive score. Went with relative ease last night, 30-6. to If you haven't heard the news, the MRI shows that Patrick Mahomes is probably out three weeks. They released that this afternoon. Three weeks for Patrick Mahomes. You know, in this date in history, back in 1977, Reggie Jackson hit home runs on three pitches in a row that he saw. I want to say it was, let's see, Elias Sosa. Would have been one Bob Welsh and Charlie Huff, I do believe, were the three pitchers. You would think at some point you'd you know you'd throw a couple in the dirt, uh, you know. But with that, here in the Sunbury Motor Studio, we bring in our Hall of Fame broadcast partner, Jack Ham. Well, thank you. Twenty years, and I tell you what, it has gone by very, very quickly, and uh, and I enjoyed every minute of it. But uh, yeah. This every team has been different, and this team is also very different, and uh, and it's on a roll right now. There are certain known entities on this team that you and I have talked about since day one. One of them was team speed. It's one thing for you and me to look at a practice and say, boy, they're really fast. But now we've seen it in six games of practical application. What does that team speed meant, especially defensively? Well, I can go back to the, the play in the Maryland game when Cam Brown and uh, we know what the speed in that backfield with McFarland from Maryland and what he could take a, a play to the distance at any time when he, on a snap of the football. And it was a wide play, and, uh, and I think John Reed con- contained the play on the outside. He did. And from the inside comes Cam Brown, 
And I think a year ago, that might have been a 15-yard run downfield, first down, and, uh, you know, one of our secondary people have to make the tackle. Cam Brown held that to, I think, a two- or three-yard gain because he came flying to the football. There's a guy from that linebacker position who has really, really upped his game this year and probably everybody on that defensive side. And in that game, Michael Parsons was hit with a targeting call in the first quarter. Jesse Lucetta stepped in at that point. What does it tell us that while being impressed with what Lucetta did, Penn State didn't see a drop-off in its defense? No, the depth of the football team right now where they've competed through spring practice and also fall camp, and that linebacking core has just gotten so much better, and the competition for playing time is out there. And that is why you know Brent Pry is rotating so many of those people back there, not only a defensive lineman in secondary, but with the linebackers as well. Jesse Laquette is 6'3", 245 pounds. He can run. I mean, he plays well in space. Uh, you know, I, I told a couple of people, like, when you see Cam Brown out there and Parsons and Lucetta. They look like power forwards in the right. NBA because they have such length. And that, I think that's after the speed part of it. I think that's what you want. You want that at your corners, on your your man-to-man coverage on the outside, and with your linebackers as well because as time goes on in the year, those linebackers will get underneath a couple of routes, tip the ball, you know, get interceptions. We already have Jan Johnson getting one to set the tone in, in Maryland. So, I mean, the the linebacking core is so athletic now, and it's it's great to see where James Franken, this is a great credit to recruiting that he has done, not just one year, over the course of years, to get this football team where they are, where they are just rotating so many people out there. Guys like Shaka Tony, Yitor Grossmatos, Robert Windsor, Mustafa Shelton, but the guy that always seems to get bypassed, except not on, and not on our broadcast, because we've talked about this a lot, but the guy that seems to get bypassed sometimes in this defense in terms of recognition is Jan Johnson. What does a guy like that mean to allow the other people to be in the position they can be to make plays? Well, Jan Johnson is like the glue out there. You, you have five-star you know, linebackers. You have five-star defensive mm-hmm. linemen out there and, and, and in the secondary as well. But you need that one guy. And a lot of times it's, it's got to be that senior. I mean, he yeah. is so well aware of everybody on the field, what their responsibilities are, getting people, the defensive line in the, in the, in the correct gap, making sure the outside linebacker and the secondary in the coverage because you blow a coverage and, and all of a sudden you have somebody wide open downfield. And you have not seen that all year with right. this Penn State defense. They've been smart. They've been athletic, they can run, but they've also been smart out there. And you need a guy like a Jan Johnson or a John Reed in the, in the secondary who also, as the game goes on, it's not going to play out just exactly like you scripted it in practice. There could be some changes and changes you've got to make on the fly during a, during a series while you're out there. You can't wait until you get to the sideline after giving up a big play or, or a touchdown or whatever and then make your changes, make some adjustments. So guys out there, but Jan Johnson in the middle, I don't think he gets enough credit. I think a lot of people love to see when a player can come in and be an impact guy right away. You know, that five-star guy. Lamont Wade went through his first couple of years, and he played, but he wasn't that, quote, impact guy. Starting in the spring, you and I started to see some signs. Where has he become better? Because it's obvious he's become really good. Well, I think, number one, you think about him. I mean, he was in the uh, transfer portal, and from there... He comes out of that and come, works his butt off in spring practice. And we, everybody, the coaches talked about him and told us about him, how well he was playing. Yeah. You get into fall camp, and he continues that. The arrow is still pointing up for him as well in fall camp. And now you're seeing it right now. I think normally 
the mismatch a lot of pe- teams have with their wide receivers is trying to get that wide receiver on a safety. Right. He has covered so well right now in the last couple of games when they're trying to go to that slot guy, and he's one-on-one coverage out there, breaking underneath the receiver, making the ball go over his head for an incomplete pass, and he has just upped his game. And I think that's what's really key about this football team, especially defensively. You have different guys making big plays in a football game. They're not the same guys doing it. You know, you know. last week, uh, Brisker with the, the interception, right. that really kind of turned that football game around. The only negative I, I looked at last week defensively, we had a chance to really put the ball game, ball game away with Castro Fields on interception, right. and that was a zone coverage. Right. He, he had seen it enough times throughout the course of the game. He jumped the route. It's a zone cover. He, right. he literally has deep one-third, you know, and I found that out yesterday. I'm going, boy, that's aggressive when you're taking right. what you should be responsibility is, but you saw you saw it in front of you. You reacted to it, and also Taylor also missed a, uh, yeah. an interception as well that could have iced a football game. We got to catch those. We got to catch right. those, and those are impact plays. And both of those defensive backs had a chance to finish a game. Yeah, because I mean, Castro Fields has enough experience because you and I both felt that he baited Jackson of Maryland in that interception. Without question, line. right? Yeah, and, and and that play normally. You would think you're in a cover two, or you're rotating up, and right. you're now you fool the the quarterback and throwing right in the teeth of that zone. But he's playing a deep one third and just ball reacted to it very very quickly, but just didn't hang on to the football. We've got to do that down the stretch right. because these games are going to go into the fourth quarter. A lot of these football games and those kind of defensive plays that we we're starting to make more of them. But we got to make sure we get those interceptions and we have the opportunity. It's interesting because you and I were talking yesterday. Some corners are just, they love playing man-to-man, but when they play zone, like you were talking about Mel Blunt. Mel Blunt loved to play man, but playing zone was like it wasn't his forte. Right. I mean, he, he loved the challenge of a one-on-one yeah. coverage, and he was 6'4 and about 215 back then. And he just he would just manhandle receivers at the line of scrimmage. Uh, we got to, I think we've got to do also a better job of redirecting. We don't have to actually knock them down and and but just redirect a wide receiver, or redirect the, uh, the slot guy or, or a tight end, and that does not that all of a sudden that enables your safeties don't have to cover as deep a field down right. downfield. You are reacting up to it. And those little little things, which this football defensive football team is getting better and better at, I think is going to make this defense even that much better down the stretch. You and I have seen in our experience uh, a Trace McSorley, a Daryl Clark, a Michael Robinson, and what the mobility of a quarterback can mean, not just the offense, but in the red zone. That third and ten call with Sean Clifford, what should that tell everybody about not only Clifford, but also as it tells by Ricky Ronning. It'll it'll talk about the fact of when you're in that red zone area defensively, you've got to make sure you, that quarterback will run with the football. That's on tape right now. That was a third, I think, third and ten. Yes. And the third and ten, you convert with a running play against a very good Iowa defensive football team. Is mean we out schemed them. We out, you know, you're, you're coming up the field. You think it's going to be a pass situation, and running the football in that red zone. And I think if you don't have a mobile quarterback, you're almost playing with one hand tied behind your back. When you have the quarterback like the guys you mentioned in that red zone area, all of a sudden it opens up so much more because there's not a whole lot of territory to throw the football downfield. You're going to be very aggressive with your safeties and and uh, your linebackers jumping routes and whatever. So with a quarterback who can run the football that effectively, that is a big part of that red zone offense. Watching him throw the ball. Now, the first quarter he didn't play well against Iowa. I think that's safe to say. I thought the last three quarters he played pretty well. 
when you've looked at his progress, what have you seen from the first couple of weeks of the season to the last couple of weeks of the season with Sean Clifford? I, I think it's the decision making mm-hmm. when to when to get out of the pocket, when to run with the football. Uh, he's he's making those decisions. He, he bounces out of the pocket. He's still initially looking downfield for a receiver first, and then running with the football. I think he's a much more effective runner than most people think. They right. thought McSorley, for some reason, ran a four-two, and and uh, and Clifford runs a five-flat, which is really not the case. He is he is very, he's nifty enough. He's got to learn to hook slide a little bit, or we're going to have a quarterback in two here because that's it, a really good point. Because you know, and that this is not a joke. We're not kidding around about no. this. You have to be good at that because you need look. At, I mean, even on a quarterback sneak, Patrick Mahomes got hurt last right. night. I mean, you, there's something to that. I mean, you, because there was one, he went down, I think it was Purdue, he went down really late, Jack, yeah. and he got tagged. Yeah, I think he was indecisive what yeah. he wanted to do. Right. And then you got, you know, I think when McSorley did it, I mean, he, he in the back of his brain, he he knew where that first down yard marker was, when you gotta, you got to take your hook slide a little bit further because we're going to mark it exactly where you start that hook slide. Right. And about two or three times, Clifford has been short of a first down. He could have easily converted those as well. But in that instance, in the Purdue game, I think he was just indecisive whether he wanted to go forward and at the last second try to hook slide. Got it. We ended up getting a targeting call against the Purdue defender. Yeah, and, and yeah, I, you know, I'm not sure that's a – I mean, and he wasn't sure what, what Clifford was going to do as well on the play, and then he could tag with the uh, targeting call. Uh but the last time I can remember the way Penn State closed out the game, I had to go back like to the 2007 Outback Bowl where Tony Hunt and that offensive line closed out. Oh, what a great runner he was. You know, when you watch the offensive line tight ends in conjunction with Noah Kane in the last 231 of that game, what were we looking at there? Well, I think number one, I, I'm sure the defense did not feel good about the fact giving up the, the touchdown right at the end of the game and putting Iowa kind of back into the football game. But closing it out when Iowa, who's a very good rundown defense, we yeah. ran and we ran the football for buck seventy-seven against a very good yeah. defense against the run. To be, able, to be able to take that football and close that game out, running the ball in in typical Noah Kane fashion, he breaks a tackle, he bounces it forward, he can, he can on third down, he ends up getting the first yeah. down, and then we can con- continue with the clock and. Uh, those things, and the offensive line as well. And when you have a back that's really that second effort guy, that downhill runner, and I think James Franklin really likes the way he, he finishes off runs. You know, so many runs in that game. Another running back may have, may have been down. He ends up getting two, three, or four more yards. One play along the sideline, he was able to convert, stay in bounds, and then go upfield and get a first down when we were deep in our own territory. Those are kind. Of, those are the kind of things that. Uh, you know, when you finish, it gives an offensive line and the entire offense a confidence factor going forward because you're right. We haven't closed out a game with our off on the field in a long time. And that's a great way on the road yep. when Iowa knew we were going to run the football. Obviously, there's one ball. Right? Hamler is a, is a big-time player. Dotson's a big-time player. Fryermuth, shorter can be. We'll talk about shorter in a moment. Penn State in the game on Saturday night did not have a completion, and all the all the completions were either to the wideouts or to Fryermuth. No running backs. Moving forward, 
getting running backs involved in the pass game, what can that mean? It can be huge for us going forward it, because this game, whether it's college or pro football, is a game of matchups. You, how on a, a man-to-man cover, like, for example, tomorrow, Michigan, although they're playing a little bit more zone, they are a bump-and-run, man-to-man. We're going to live with two or three or four pass interference calls, so be it. We're going to be aggressive out there. So you look at the matchups where you, you think you can win at it. Two years ago here, when we would Barkley, wheel route and any route he ran, it's an easy throw to your running back, and there's nobody in the open, in the middle of the field. That is, you know, everybody else is cleared out, yeah. and he's got that linebacker one-on-one covering him out of the backfield, and those are kind of mismatches because all our line, all our running backs can, can catch the football and run good routes out of the backfield. Slade may be the best one at that yeah. so far, but I think all those guys can, in fact, do that. And as time goes on, and you want matchups. A lot of times it's the slot, our slot guy, Hamler, against maybe a yeah. safety, although they'll deuce him, I'm sure, a lot of times tomorrow. But the other matchup is our, our running backs against the linebackers on one-on-ones and option routes out of the backfield, which are an easy throw for Clifford. The actual kicking of the ball. Um, Pinnegar, Gilligan, Stout. What has that meant, and what does that mean to a coaching staff when you've uh, – had an area of reliability physically kicking the ball well first of all in the back of the mind of james franklin knowing the fact that he, he can you know if you get a couple of first downs right before like like right before the end of the half against purdue and making that you know 57 yard field goal right uh, i don't think gilligan got enough credit for the win last week on the road special teams on the road make an offense like Iowa go the entire length of the football field, they don't have that type of an offense. I mean, and, and so far, you know, trying to move the football against Penn State, you know, they moved it here or there yeah. in a certain plays, but just could not put that whole thing together. And Gilligan did a great job of, of making sure they had to go 90 yards. Right. And that's, that's special. those hidden yards, especially when there's two good defenses out on the field, that's your field position, those hidden yards in, in special team that we were able to win that battle. And I'll graphically put it out for everybody. Penn State's average drive star was the 33 last week. Iowa's, Iowa's was the 17. In 11 possessions, that's 176 yards. Yeah, and, and for your offense, I, I think you open up more. I think yes. you don't, you don't yeah. close it down because you think you've got to dig out of a, a hole. You're in your deep in your own territory. I mean, the whole playbook is open to you when you start with that kind of field position. Right. And our offense, I think, feels very comfortable, obviously. And our defense does a great job of getting three and outs and, and creating field position as well. But uh, going forward, it, you know, you can see our schedule. It, it does get toughened up quite oh, a bit yeah. here in the second half of the season. And all those little things can be a big factor in the game. All right, Michigan. Uh, when This is obviously one of those line-in-the-sand moments for them, especially after the Wisconsin game. So that makes them a dangerous team with a lot of talent. When you look at them, what do you see? Well, right now I see uh, they they have three running backs that they play out there, but yeah. they, uh, the one running back is 210 pounds, runs hard. Uh, this offensive line is big and yeah. solid, and you know defensively, I don't think they're as good as when they had Devin Bush and the and the cast of characters they had last when year. Jim Gary, yeah, yeah, and those guys were you know they're all number one picks or number two picks in the NFL and playing well in, in the National Football League. Uh, they've got athletes, and you made a good point. I mean, this is a this is a come to Jesus time for this football yeah. team in this game That's tomorrow right. night. I mean, you yep. push somebody against the wall like this yeah. right now, I don't know how they will how they will react. I think one thing could be a big factor tomorrow is our this crowd. 
yes. this whiteout. Absolutely. And I, I, in fact, I talked to, to Dan Deardorff, who is an offensive lineman, Michigan graduate, who does the color for, for the Michigan uh, network. And I asked him about crowd noise. And in those tackles out there, it's that split second, that, that little bit that they are just because you're going on movement because you're not going on, on the snap count because you can't hear, especially the tackles that far away. That little bit with, with Gross Matos on one side, Shaka Tony on the yeah. other against two, two tackles out there, that can be a big factor. I, I think in any sport, football, it, the home field advantage, especially yeah. when you have 110,000 fans out there, yeah. that can be a huge advantage for us, our defensive line against their offensive line tomorrow. And Yeah, and one last part, and nobody's talked about this this week, but when I look back at last year's game, Patterson had a couple of really well-timed runs. Nobody's talked about him as a runner, and I think that's something Penn State needs to contain. Yeah, and he, he he's a tough kid, too. Yeah, he'll he'll he turn it up inside and, and he'll run with the football, and you're right. He, he handles the, the read option very well, and he's a good ball handler. But he has been, though, inconsistent. He sure has. He will take a ball and throw it on a rope downfield. You'll see a play, and you'll say, my goodness, this guy is as talented yep. as you can get in college football. And then he'll he'll throw a, a ball, then you'll, you'll wonder why in the hell he threw the ball there. Right. So he has been inconsistent here. I'm not sure they've entirely bought into this new offense right, right. now with uh, with Josh Gatiss. And, and, it's an and, adjustment. Yeah, I mean, because it, they are a downhill, hit you in a mouth kind of yeah. offensive running game, and they don't have that right now. And, and uh, talking to all the all the our coaches, number one, we have to stop that running game. You know, because yeah. if we don't stop the running game, we'll be in for a long evening tomorrow night. But uh, that's going to be our challenge here tomorrow night. Thanks. Thanks for being down here. Hey, appreciate it very much. My pleasure. It meant a lot to everybody having you. All right. See you tomorrow. See you tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, I think I'll show up. Hey, don't, don't forget the time card. We have to punch in. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Jack Ham here in the Sunbury Motors studio. The King, next half hour with picks here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Brought to you by our good friends at Brewers Outlet. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC Way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC Way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC Way. The SMC Way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Party time, game time, or just fun time. Doesn't matter what time it is because it's Brewers Outlet time. The Beverage Supermarket has the area's largest beer selection. Imports, microbrews, ciders, and domestics. Pick from over 100 ice-cold 12-packs and dozens of 24-ounce singles. Soda, snacks, hot sauces, fresh roasted peanuts. Make it one-stop party shopping and don't forget the pickle bar. So whatever you're celebrating or just doing it up, Brewers Outlet Reagan Street Sunbury wants to see you. And thank you for your years of patronage. 
taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by our good friends at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Imports domestic microbrews, best selection of beer anywhere. Perfect for the tailgate. Also at the tailgate, perfect wine coolers, water, soft drinks, plenty of snacks. They roast their peanuts fresh and hot every day in the pickle bar, led by the barrels and the dills, although Buner prefers the garlic. Indeed, second to none. All at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sudbury, the beverage supermarket. Get in the car now and go stock up. Listen to the show as you drive over. We're in the Sunbury Motors studio, where Jack Ham was moments ago. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sean, we will now bring in the league leader. He is. Formerly number 78 in the Enfield, Connecticut High School program. Number one in our hearts. Yes, here he is. Our Friday tradition, unlike any other. Steve, your brother, Shamalama Ding Dong. Kevin Jones. Storm by thunder, Shamalama Ding Dong. What up? How's that's what it going? you. That's what you've been doing. You lead off your text with me with your with the games we're going to pick <laughs> with the Shamalama Ding Dong. Because I'm excited. I don't know why. You're killing us. That's exciting for me. You're killing us. That's why. You're killing us. Mopping us I'm up. I'm picking the games. I know they're right. <laughs> <So> <laughs> I have no idea. I'm picking the games that I think are. Um, intriguing. I really don't. I look at them like I don't know who's going to win, and that's the one I pick. You know, or if they're fifty fifties, or definitely top twenty. You know, I'd love to put Penn State in there, but we know who we're going to take. So, you know, and none of us going to pick against them. So, but I think they're going <laughs> to win big this week. So, I don't think Michigan's that good. Who do they play next week? Penn State uh, at Michigan State. That's a win. How about after that? Bye week. That's and a win. How about after that? <laughs> at Minnesota. They're good. Mm-hmm. I'd They're be good more team. afraid of Minnesota than Michigan or Michigan State. Minnesota's a good football team. They mm-hmm. can. They're mm-hmm. the one that would sneak up and beat you. You know. Yeah. But. Anyway, you know what bugged me this week? I always think of what I want to talk about when I come on. I follow sports real close. I'll have Sports Center on all night long. I sleep with the TV on. It stunned me. The NBA has not started its season. They are playing the preseason like it's a regular season. And ESPN is showing it like it's a regular season. I don't know if you heard Brianna Stewart. She was talking about women's basketball, and she was furious that they were showing preseason NBA over the finale game of um, the WNBA. And she said, how can we grow our product if they'd rather show preseason NBA? And she's right. At first, I thought, oh, Brianna, get over it. And then I'm watching, and I'm like, I thought the season already started. 1.4 billion dollars 
Yeah. That's what ESPN pays every year. The whole contract is not worth $1.4 billion. Yeah, it's, it's worth $1.4 billion a year. And ESPN, because of the massive investment they've made, is trying to cover it wall to wall with the idea they can make it the second most popular sport in this country behind the NFL. It's incredibly and, boring until they get to the playoffs. What a right, long I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just explaining their, their what ESPN is doing. is like a month long. It's crazy. They're going to burn these guys out. Oh, I mean, believe me, I've, they've been over the years. They haven't done one in a while, but over the years, there have been several preseason games in the Jordan Center. It's just, I, I don't, am I off the mark here? I, I, I thought season started the way ESPN was showing the, the you know, in top, right. play, top ten plays of the day, and it, it's like they haven't even started yet. It used to be that when uh, the, when the NBA season started, that's when they'd start doing that. Yeah. But I think that the mandate is simple. If we're going to invest $1.4 billion in this, 10 figures a year, right, a year, yeah. right, we're going to do everything we can to hook everybody in like it's the most important thing going. And Brianna Stewart and Brianna Stewart has a point. So I'm in no way, shape, or form will I even put down her point because she's trying to fight for her league and fight for her Absolutely. sport, which yeah. which was in the championship round. So I yeah. I completely understand what she's saying, and I also think she's right uh, because you know there there's a ranking system here. There's the NBA Finals, incredible NBA playoffs, really good regular season. Not as noticeable, and if it's the regular boring. season and if the regular season is not as no- noticeable, imagine what the preseason is. Yeah, I just this year to me it's was over because, the top. You know, well, it's, the, the, it's, they it's, are treating it like the regular season with and showing all the who's the best in the West and who's the. Oh my gosh, they got about eighty more games to real games to play. They haven't played a real game yet. Well, in fact, a uh, guy's going to stop by the booth tomorrow. We're not going to have him on the air, but he's going to stop by the booth. You know, we're going to get a chance to talk to him a little bit. It's Mike Gorman, who yep. does the uh, Celtics games. Yep. And uh, Mike's wife, Terry, uh, good friends with Tom and Julia McGrath. Terry was just going to take Megabus you know, from Connecticut to come in for the game tomorrow. Wow. And and Mike had a pre- has a preseason game or had one in Cleveland. And he said, nah, don't do that. I'll come home. We'll drive over together. He said, I'd like to go to see this, too. So Mike's going to be here tomorrow. And I'll ask him about that, about what it's like trying to do the preseason versus the regular season, because Mike has to do enough games. Yeah. Uh, it's. I just find it. I was like, wow. I think it was two nights ago. I said, the season hasn't started yet. These are all no. preseason games. Yep. You know, they got their records underneath the, you know, it's like, Right. And you know what's odd, you know what's odd about that is that we always talk about what ESPN pays for the NBA. We always talk about that one point four billion. We never talk about what TNT pays. TNT pays one point two billion a year, and they don't do anywhere near the stuff ESPN does. No, they, they don't. They and don't do anywhere. Pre games and post games are much better. They're better. I they're like better. Barkley and them. Er, er, Ernie Johnson is brilliant at what he does. Yep. Not just good. Ernie Johnson's brilliant how he yep. 
works that set with Barkley and Kenny Smith and Shaq and all that. I mean, TNT, they're, what they do is on pregame, postgame, is far superior to ESPN. ESPN doesn't know what to put in there. Go ahead. No. I mean, I'll, but I'll say this. ESPN's lead broadcast team, Mike Breen, is excellent. Yes. Mike he was Breen. He man forever on the IMAS show. He was oh, so good on that. Uh, Mike, Mike Mike came in and guest lectured in my class a couple of years ago. Yep. And you want to talk about a app, an absolute incredible talent with zero ego, none. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, and that that's who that's who Mike Breen is. I mean, superior he's talent, superior guy. Funny. Oh. He's got a dry sense. Of, he was so good on the Imus show. Well, I, that's Just the first that. question I asked him in class, Kev. I asked him. I said, "What did the Imus experience? You try to garner whatever you can out of that experience, and you know, what did you garner out of the Imus experience?" He said. He said you had to be on time, on point, completely prepared, and you had to write well. Had to what? Write well. Oh, no, write he well? did the yeah. yeah he'd do he'd do the sports updates. He had to write them. Yeah, I know, well, but it, it was so off the cuff half the yeah. time because Imus would just you know cut him off, and and he was quick witted. He could That's had good, his yeah. quick comebacks, you know the. He's a smart and he guy. had him. He was good. It was never the same after Breen left. No, so he was good. Yeah, but and but Mike's in the spot. The he should be in. with the NBA. So and he should I mean, because he no, he's, he's not as just good as there ever he, was. So no, no question. Of all the guys that have done the NBA, I know a lot of people love Marv Albert, and I, I think Marv Albert is outstanding. Like I said, but yeah, I think, right. but 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 I think Mike's better, and that's just oh, a, yeah, personal, that's a personal. That's a personal taste. Remember the whips and chains? Oh, yeah. Oh, I understand that <laughs> stuff. I'm just talking about the That's ability to I do the games. That's all I see when I see Marv Albert is a whip and a chain. Yeah. I don't <laughs> but That's you know, how shallow but, I am. <laughs> but but Breen, Mike Breen is is superior. Yeah. And like and the guy, I'll tell you, and the guy that we're going to talk to tomorrow for a little bit, Mike Gorman. Mike Gorman's great. Yeah, I, I listen to Mike him. Gorman oh, I listen great, to the Mike Gorman's a great announcer. Oh, you know, he did the guy from East. Penn State's pretty good. But uh, I mean, I forgot his I name mean, though. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Brian Tripp on hockey is excellent. <laughs> you should have him on your show. So. Tripp? Yeah, we should get Tripp on the show. No, Jones. Yeah. Is it Steve Jones? You uh, should have him on the show. I, that'd uh, be interesting to hear what he had to say. <laughs> not very popular. Oh, my All poor right. Yankees are getting whipped up on, huh? Uh, they are, uh, but I, when I look at the Yankees, this is what I see. And, so, and sometimes it catches up to you because in the postseason, uh, what happens in the postseason All is that. Hitters. Well, no, but it's more than that. When you get to the postseason, suddenly the pitching staff that you're facing on an everyday basis is really good. The the lineup the lineup you're facing on an everyday basis is really good. You're not going through and go, oh, we got the Orioles. Let's have the breather. So now you get into these tense games where you notice it's lower scoring, which puts a greater premium on defense, a greater premium on clutch hitting. And so now you go through a game where Granky, you got to him a little bit, but now you got Verlander. Well, okay, now the pressure's on. And if you get successful there, then you got Garrett Cole. The problem is the Yankee starters, to me, Kevin, don't go deep enough into the game oh, exactly. to make a difference. You and can't I think that, win with a bull 
pen yeah. in the playoffs. You've yeah. got to. That's that's why all these bullpen the days. And... What's bizarre to me is how Washington, with that pitching staff, did not win the East. I, I, it's just bizarre to me. Well, they were they got themselves they got themselves beyond the eight ball. They got themselves beyond the eight ball on May twenty third. They were twelve games under five hundred. That's a bad yeah. start. Uh, so when you to get to the playoffs. They had to play. I think what they end up from May twenty third on, Sean, forty games over five hundred, some number like that, right? So that's good enough to actually win the division. It's just like they got off yeah. to such a bad start they couldn't. Bad start, so man. And the bullpen. Now, and the bullpen. Is the manager uh, the, the bull- for the Phillies back? No, he's gone. So now we're I waiting. I thought the CEO jumped in and said, "No, he's gone." Okay. Because okay. I read yeah, where Gabe, the CEO. Gabe, Said no way. Am I going to allow him to walk? So Gabe Kapler, gone. Yeah. All right. Let, let's get some picks. Yeah, let's do that. All right. So the King is leading with a sterling record of thirty-five and twenty-five. Only one loss in the last two weeks, and that was last week. And that was uh, which one? Was, oh, you chose the Chiefs over the Texans uh, last week. Stupid so, me. <laughs> yeah. So, but 35 and 25. Steve, you are 31 and 27 so far after eight weeks, going 5 and 2 last week. And we continue to uh, reside in the pit of misery after a 3 and 4 effort last week. I am 27 and 24 as we head into week nine to try to get my dignity back, get some wins, play some catch up. So let's It'll be see. fine. No. You're just saying that. You're, 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 you still set the new. You set the bench so high last year. It was an anomaly. Well, yeah, it was. An well, anomaly. no, one. you were really good. Well, but the, well, you're still good. This we're not back. We're dice, backing you know? it up, though. That's the thing. It's a, last last year was a fluke, complete fluke. No. All no. right, so we got our super seven for the weekend. We'll dive into the college games first. All right, so South Carolina, the team that shocked Georgia last week, they are at home against Florida. So is our leader going to go first? No, I'll go first. I got Florida. Yep, I do too. Uh, Florida will win. Superior defense, uh, so they'll they'll win the game. Uh, Florida's defense is playing terrific. Yeah, that was a great game last week with Florida. Yeah. Uh, All right, to the Pac-12, aka the Conference of Champions. Who said that? Oh yeah, Bill Walton. That's right. Uh, Oregon at Washington. Ducks. I got Oregon. Yep. I also have the Ducks. I have Washington. I'm going to take really? Washington. That's a, yes. That's a cool pick. Yeah. Oh, they're good. Please follow Sir Brad. He's going to give you a private tour of the pit of misery. All right. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> We're there. <laughs> That's where I could be. That's where I could be with that pick. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, ducks. All right, we will stay in the Pac-12. The Fighting Herm Edwards, Arizona State at Utah. I love Herm. And people were cutting down Arizona State last week saying, you know, but they've fallen behind in games and they barely beat these teams and they turn around and win again, you know. I'm taking Arizona State. I love her. I'm going to go with Utah. Please follow Sir Brad. He's going to give you a private tour of the pit of misery. I'm sorry. <laughs> Actually, I, too, will take Utah. Okay. Oh, boy. That's a separation game. 
Well, I've got two out there now. So. Oh. <laughs> Temple with a great win last week over Memphis. That was a king pick last week. Temple now heads down to Texas to take on SMU. I got Temple again. They're very, very well coached, and that's why I like them. So, hey, he's a good coach. I got Temple. All right. I'm also, I also have the Owls. I think uh, you're looking at a finesse team in SMU against a team that I think tries to beat you up in Temple. I'm going to go with the team that beats you up, Temple. All right. All right. Safe. Okay. All right. On cool. to the pros for Sunday. Vikings and the Lions. I am so angry right now because the pool that I'm in, it's, it's, if I want, I would have won $180. And I knew if I took Green Bay, everybody took Green Bay and I would lose. So I switched my pick on Monday Night Football and took Detroit. And they should have won the game, and the referees stole it, and they led the entire game. And I am like, I am golden here. I had the money spent, and they lost. So I think Detroit is going to come back and win and beat Minnesota. I don't think Minnesota is very good. I think Kirk Cousins is not a good quarterback. I got Detroit. Uh, Minnesota. I got that off my chest. Good. I'm glad you feel better. That's why we're here. Um, <laughs> I just don't see good back-to-back games by uh, – Kirk Cousins and the Vikings. I'm also taking Detroit. Please follow Sir Brad. He's going to give you a private tour of the Pit of Misery. I'm sorry, what? Pit of Misery! Dilly dilly! Dilly. (laughs) Please follow Sir Brad. He's going... (laughs) This is good. (laughs) Shabalabatag, dog. (laughs) I'm going to take Minnesota. All right, you go. Go Vikings. Well, you're right. This is going to be a feast or famine kind of week. Please follow Sir Brad. He's going to give you a private tour of the Pit of Misery. I'm sorry, what? Pit of Misery. Dilly, dilly. (laughs) Please follow. (laughs) Okay. Philly, Dallas. Philly, Dallas. How does, does, what's his name, the head coach for the Cowboys keep his job? Oh. But, um, anyway, I got Dallas because they're at home. I am also taking the Cowboys. Wow, this is really amazing. Please follow Sir Brad. Oh, He's going to give you a private tour of the pit of misery. I'm sorry, what? Pit of misery. Dilly, dilly. dilly, dilly. dilly. So I'm going to go with Philadelphia. Holy crap. <laughs> this is a separation week. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going with Philadelphia. I may not be out of this after all. Yeah. You better hope I don't go 7-0, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> I know. If I go 7-0, I'm cooked and fried. <laughs> Monday morning, heck? we can be saying, it's over, Johnny. <laughs> I think it'll really be over. <laughs> <laughs> or I vault into first. That's true. That's true. Yeah. You go 7-0, and all, you take the lead. I have a developing situation. Dilly dilly. <laughs> <laughs> dilly dopey. <laughs> I love that. That's cool. Okay. All right. Eagles-Cowboys, by the way, we'll have that on Eagle 107 Sunday night starting with live coverage at 7. And uh, we also have here in our picks uh, the Saints and Dub Bears. I love the Saints. 
I think yeah. the Saints are really playing very, very good football. It's a team that's rallied around their superstar being hurt, and they've played very well. They're not blowing anyone out, but they're playing very well as a team. So I got the same. But I think sooner or later they got to stub their toe here with Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback. I think that's going to be this week at Soldier Field. I'm going to take the Bears. Chicago. And he's going to give you a private tour of the pit of misery. I'm <laughs> <laughs> oh, Wait, hang boy. on again. Anheuser Busch on line two. They just called to say thank you. Hey, <laughs> Brewers Outlet sells it. They sure do. Uh, okay, so it's all with the sponsor. It is. It's all with the sponsor. Okay. Hey. By the way, I go. love I love their new commercial where they <laughs> where the king goes to the wrong tower for the party. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, boy, who's, who does that remind you of? Uh, uh, <laughs> where are we? <laughs> I'm going. I'm going with. I want to say, I want to give a lot of credit to Teddy Bridgewater. After everything he's been through and the way he has stepped in, he has played like a pro's pro. I'm going with New Orleans. Okay. All right. This is gonna be a fun week. week. We got a lot of different picks. Yeah. Could be a breakaway for any one of us. Yep. In fact. One of us may be thinking this on Monday. Please follow Sir Brad. He's going to give you a private tour of the pit of misery. I'm sorry, what? Pit of misery! Dilly dilly! They never mention who it is. that all night long. They never My wife will come in, I'll go dilly dilly. It's the little things. And believe me, on this show. Yeah. <laughs> so that's where we go. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, God, we, we make Hammer sign a time card, for God's sake. So, you know, it's like, come on. Oh, I know. <laughs> that's right. So don't forget, we have to punch in our time card. <laughs> great. Oh, I don't know what that means. <laughs> what day is payday? Right. What year is payday? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, well, ours is at the end of the month. <laughs> end of the month. Happy Halloween. <laughs> right right before I fly to New Hampshire. Let's beat Michigan. Yeah, this will be a lot of fun, I think. This will be very interesting and a lot of fun. These are, this is why I Michigan's very good. This, so. this is why you love the sport that you broadcast games like this. Yeah. It's not, it's not that hard. To, not that hard to get ready for, I can tell you that. Cool. You're like, oh, well, you've been preparing all week. No, I prepare the same every week, no matter what. But let's face it. Games like these are different. It's just the way it is. Hey, have a great weekend, everybody. Don't forget, you can go to Brewers Outlet to stock up for that tailgate. And we're in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 to 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Your station for news, weather, business, and CBS Sports Radio. News Radio 1070 WKOK Sunbury and on WKOK.com.